Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to the next episode of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Rachel. And I'm Krista. Uh, This week, we decided to do books off of Reese Witherspoon's book club list. That's the topic, right? Yeah. 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 I was like, wait a minute. I questioned myself (laughs) as soon as I said it. I was like, wait a minute. No, that's right. Yeah. Thankfully, we both at least read from the same one, even though if it wasn't planned. Yeah. Um. She really, there's a lot of books on her list. Like it was a pretty robust list. I just looked for one I already owned because, you know, that's endless. I started with one that I already owned. I only owned one that we hadn't covered or that you weren't doing. And then I started reading it where that's not true. I read the back and I went, I don't want to read this. And I had to, I I picked a brand new one, but I'm happy. I, my book's amazing. And I'm so excited to tell y'all about it after you go. Cause I'm so excited for the one that you did. Cause I haven't talked to anybody about this book in so long. Yeah. uh, I actually ended up picking a book that Krista's read before, but I knew she hadn't done for the podcast, but I bought it because I think it was even before the podcast started or we had just started the podcast. She, you had mentioned it to me and mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that sounds perfect for me. Yeah. Um, so I'll just get into it because Zoom's going to cut us off at 40 minutes anyway. Jerks. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> Whatever. It's fine. Zoom. Thank you. Thanks, um, you. <laughs> uh, I'm doing rules of magic by Alice Hoffman. If you are familiar with Practical Magic, the movie with Sandra Bullock. That one's um, my favorite Halloween movie. Yours me too. Hocus Pocus. Oh, what, you changed? Um, it's both. It's a tie. Okay, it's clearly okay. a tie. Fair. I fair. can't, I could never choose between the two of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we did watch it last year in my household because Garris had not seen it. And I was like, okay, we're watching this now. I remember you have to this. put pepper was, in your mashed potatoes, okay? I was there for it. I watched it twice last year. Because they, they oh, yeah, that's like, right. plant lavender by your gate like i don't own a gate but as soon as i have a but house I will. with a gate i'm plant lavender lilacs are lucky like there's just a whole mm-hmm. bunch of things that are amazing yes so anyways rules of magic if you're familiar <laughs> with practical magic you might be able to see kind of how they feed into each other i'm not going to tell you necessarily how they feed into each other because i think that's part of the adventure i wasn't Agreed. quite sure how they were going to feed into each other mm-hmm. um so i don't want to tell that to you guys but you might be able to figure it out I had some assumptions and they were right. Um, But Rules of Magic comes before Practical Magic and probably about 40 years before because it's set in the 1950s and Practical Magic is set in like the late Mm 90s-ish. Yeah. So the Rules of Magic um, is around the Owens family still, who is the, they're uh, historically witches, basically. Like there's no other (laughs) way to say that. They're witches, like they're bloodline witches. Um, their bloodline started with Maria Owens, who I don't remember if they hung her or burned her. She was a witch. She was they burned. killed her. She was burned. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Maria Owens basically kicked off this bloodline. She had an affair with a man and they have like this family curse where like, you're not supposed to like, no, anyone who loves you is going to come to demise. Yes. It's like kind of mm-hmm. the basis of this book. And like that kind of rules the main character's lives throughout the story. So the story focuses on um, a generation of three children, uh, Franny, Bridget, who goes by Jet, because she has jet black hair. Oh, I always wondered why. I just thought it was like a weird, weird one. Fun. Like how like Margaret's oh. go by Peggy, you know? Yeah, you're right. No, I that's that's an understandable assumption. Um, no, it says in like the first description, it says oh. because of her jet black hair, I guess. That never clicked so, in my brain, I guess. 
That makes sense to me. Um, so Franny's got like red hair, like Nicole Kidman does in Practical Magic. And then mm -hmm. obviously Jet has a dark hair like Sandra Bullock does. So obviously there's a family resemblance right here. Um, essentially, the generations and generations after Maria Owens just continue to have daughters. So daughters pass down the gift and they pass down the family home and they pass down like their, their family grimoire. Um, but a lot of the daughters leave. They don't want to be associated with it. Obviously, if you can imagine living in a very small town in New England, people hold grudges. Yeah. Like, the drama is known amongst the generations. Like the people in the small town where the Owens family originates from in Massachusetts are afraid of them, but they're not afraid to go to them when they need help with love or whatever may be ailing mm -hmm. them. So it's like this weird situation where like they're not accepted, but they also, the town relies on them to some degree. They're needed, but not wanted. Yeah, exactly. Like mm -hmm. people are scared of them, but they also do believe that they're really witches. Yeah. So the main characters, Franny, um, Bridget, they have a brother, Vincent, who's the first boy born into the Owens family ever because they're always married in because they have daughters after daughters. So I think that's really interesting that they have three children. And so one of them's boy, mm -hmm. like, hmm, interesting. And I'm pretty it's sure he's the youngest him. too. So, so yeah, because uh, yeah, he's like 14 during the bulk, like the beginning of the story, it like goes from his like 14 to like probably mid twenties or so, maybe mm -hmm. 30. It's the range is kind of hard. They throw out dates every now and then. I'm not sure exactly. It's so hard to track those. But basically these three siblings, they live in New York with their parents and their parents have a lot of crazy rules about things they can and cannot do essentially to keep them away from magic. Um, although the kids don't know that it's because of magic, but they know that they're different. Like Franny, she can communicate with birds. Like she can literally just put her hand out and a bird will come land on it. Like that's Creepy. wild to me. Don't love it. Super wild. Not I, I bird hate person. birds. Yeah. <laughs> a bird pooped on my face once and it's all been downhill. There. From you I were. <laughs> it was so bad. I still hate birds. Dramatic but for both of us, actually. It really was awful. I think we paused for like a good, like 10 minutes just to <laughs> soak in the moment. Um, Bridget can read minds. So she has the sight basically. And Vincent being the first boy, he's incredibly powerful. So he has a lot of different traits that are, um, very magical, just kind of from the beginning, like he's intoxicating to people, like people are drawn to him and like, can't look away. Like old, like when he's like 14, older women are drawn to him and like want him for sex. Like it's wild. Mm -hmm to me a little bit and it kind of grossed me out that he was like 14 but also it's the yeah. 1950s and things are different like I mm -hmm. to be fair I suppose yeah also but, I read this book a very long time ago and I don't remember these things so every I'm like, now and then oh. your face is like what yeah I'm like what and then I'm like wait I read this I do remember this but at the same time what what yeah right exactly so these three, they know they're not normal um, and they do go against a lot of their parents' wishes. Like they're not supposed to grow plants in the moonlight, but they do it anyway. Like they're not supposed to do a lot of things. I can't also, remember the list. Can it's you imagine your parent being like, no plants in the moonlight. And you're like, that's what? so weird and specific. I think I'm going to do it. Like if I'm going to rebel, right? that's how, like, I'm not drinking. I'm not doing drugs. I'm not having premarital right? sex. I'm growing plants in the moonlight. Yeah. And like they live in New York, so they have access to a lot of things that people don't always have access to, especially like in the fifties, it's hard to access things. Um, Vincent comes across the Magus, which is like an old, powerful, magical book, essentially. Like it, you can, you can only touch it if you're a certain type of person, like it literally burns his sisters when they try to pick it up. Like, so he like finds this book because Vincent is very clearly the one that I think is more interested in the magical part of himself. Um, 
Uh, but again, he's the first boy. And so his powers are more powerful than the other girls. So it makes sense that he would have a bigger interest. And like, he's always known that they're not normal and there's something weird going on with their family, but they don't know anything about their extended family. They've never met anybody. They don't even know where they're from. So when Franny turns 17, she gets a letter and it is from Aunt Isabel in Massachusetts, living in their original family home. And every single Owens girl gets this when, well, I guess Owens' child, because Vincent will probably assume get it. That's true. Um, Who knows? They'll have to point, figure it out, I guess. It, I, it doesn't say in the book. I don't know if Vincent yeah, gets it. They don't it. even know um, yet. They're waiting three more years. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Franny gets this letter from Isabel and it says like, it's kind of vague. It basically is like pack a bag and be here by the afternoon. So the mom knows what it's from. And the mom, who is obviously very anti-magic, does not use magic in her life, um, kind like she tells them it's their they get to choose whether or not they go or not but they're kind of discouraged by their family to go because like they think that it just causes problems and that there's no reason and the dad is a like a psychologist who like talks about like neuroses and so like he it kind of sounds to me they don't talk a ton about it but it sounds to me like he kind of thinks that some of the family things going on are just like mental illness yeah like they've all made it up and they've all believed in yeah fallacy yeah, like yeah. it does sound like he kind of accepts that they do have that bloodline relation, but I don't think he believes necessarily in all of it, especially because the mom is such a denier. Like, I guess yeah. she wasn't in her youth and they go into that later in the book, but I she was burned. You know, they have this family curse where you're not allowed to love anybody. And like she talks about with her children um, when they find out about the curse later in the book that like she loves their father, but she's not in love with him, which has been their saving grace. She's like, I love him in my own way. So it's really interesting to see the way that like this family navigates love, but basically Franny gets this letter and all of the kids are so excited because they're like, we finally get to go, but Franny's the oldest. And so I think they're like 15, 16 and 14 roughly in there. Um, and so they do decide to go to Isabel's for the summer against their parents, better judgment. Um, they go to Isabel's and like, it's a totally different world for them. She uh, is just like this old witch lady who has like this garden that's overflowing with herbs so and she's got cupboards full of like dove hearts and she's mm-hmm. got books and books and books. Like she's, she's got the family grimoire too. Can so she, she does my aunt. Can I, come I know I want I one so bad. So bad. I know. Right. Um, so the summer was probably my favorite part of the book, even though it's only like a fifth of it. <laughs> I know. Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, But basically, while they are at Isabel's for the summer, the children start to kind of discover themselves. And the mom did tell Franny, like, be careful because everything you do is a test. Whether or not you think you're being watched or not, you are being watched. And so Isabel is kind of testing to see, like, what kind of powers do all of the children have? Because they're all here, even though Franny was her focus. Um, Like, what, what do you want? to see like do you want to see your future like do they have an opportunity to do that like what kind of tea would you like would you like courage or would you like um caution so like they kind of get to choose their own fates a lot of the time with aunt isabel but she's really just trying to figure out where they're at and she tries to guide them to accepting who they are rather than who their parents have told them that they should be because they've run away from this life um Vincent has a wild summer because he's only 14 (laughs) years old and this is where he discovers women. And so all of the women are throwing themselves at him. Like literally, even when he was little, like this was a problem, like any, any girl just like absolutely enchanted by him. Like they describe him as like 14 years old, but he's like six, four, like dark hair, tall, lanky. I was like, okay. So like, he doesn't look like he's a 14 year old kid. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, I think that's how they kind of get away with it because like the grown women, even though they are obviously trans are not like 
seeing your stereotypical 14 year old boy. I also think 14 in the 1950s was very different than 14 now. Like 14 now That's is true. a child. 14 yes. in the 50s yes. is like you could potentially have your own child yeah. in two years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the 50s, you're having children at 16 and it's not crazy. Right, right. So um, they spend their summer doing things like figuring out that they can't be drowned. They jump into this lake and they dive as far as they can and they immediately bounce up because they're witches about that part (laughs) yeah they cannot be drowned and it becomes an issue later when someone's trying to drown and franny can't save somebody because she's buoyant and then this person's pissed because franny didn't try to save them and she's like i literally can't Mm -hmm. like i can't go under the water i can't do it it will not work yeah so like it becomes an issue but basically they spend the summer discovering who they are they learn a lot of things about their heritage um some of them see their future but you don't really hear about it until much later because obviously they don't want to give away what the story is like they meet that summer a cousin april whose family also chose to kind of distance themselves from the magic but april is way more into it she's a couple of years older and so or maybe it's only a year older um so she's 18 or 19 and she had been to aunt isabel's the summer before because she had turned 17 and so she had gotten her letter so they um this exposure to this cousin i think was really good for them because they got to kind of see what it was like when they did decide to even though the upbringing wasn't magic centric like immerse themselves in that world so i really think it's interesting the way that april comes in but she's kind of like the wild child like she does whatever she wants her parents are pissed that she's just like (laughs) all over the place her and vincent they're cousins i don't know how close but they're cousins Mm, have some cousins maybe they have a very close relationship and it's suspicious um and she like leaves suddenly so like you kind of think maybe something went down but like you don't find out until much later and you'll see um but basically you get to know these characters pretty well as they're trying to get to know themselves as youths, which I think is pretty relatable. Yeah. <laughs> like whether or not you're magical or not, like you don't know a lot of things about your heritage and you don't know a lot of things about who you are at 17. Like, mm-hmm. so that summer was really a summer of discovery, but ultimately they still have to go back to New York. They're not done with high school. You know, they've got their parents at home, Isabel's invitation. I mean, I'm sure Isabel wouldn't have cared if they'd stayed forever, but yeah, basically it's just for the summer. And so their parents insist that they go back. So when they go back, um, I felt like when they went back to New York, they should know by now that they're very clearly magical. Like Isabel woke up Franny in the middle of the night to like help her make soap under the moonlight. And it was the best batch of soap ever. And new news is soap once a week. It makes you age less. And like, her mom has been using the soap for years and she's always wondered why her skin was so nice. And it's like, no shit, just your magic. Yeah, your like, magic, just because you don't agree with it. You don't want right. magic, it still works. But when they go back to New York, I feel like there's still that doubt in them where they're not really mm-hmm. sure who they are still. And they don't really quite believe it because they start testing themselves. Like, can we lift this table? And they can. Like, what if we wish for something? Will it appear? Because Franny, who can communicate with birds to some degree, she wishes that she could be a bird she doesn't quite get that wish but she ends up with her familiar Mm. she ends up with a crow who just appears and he follows her everywhere um the big thing that they're struggling with though is this curse that they've been made aware of while they were in massachusetts they did a lot of or jet mostly did a lot of research about maria owens reading her diary um essentially maria was considered a witch because she had an affair with a powerful man who didn't want her to tell anyone which <laughs> shock <laughs> crazy shock shook so, so shook. shook yeah um but they're all trying to figure out like what does that mean for me then if i can't find love um 
April brings them these candles that's supposed to like bring them their true love. Like once you burn the candle, your true love will appear. And so they do this. One of them does it. Another one does something else to find their true love. But basically they all kind of figure out who their true love is going to be. And they have to make a decision. Like, what do, what do I going to, what am I going to do? Like, is this bad? But I, there's something that they talk about in the book when it comes to love that I think is really interesting. And they talk about how it's basically the human condition to lose everybody that you love. Like whether or not it's young, whether or not it's old. And they said that like, you know, curse or no curse, like in this way, we're the same as everybody else. Like everybody yeah. experiences tragedy. So you can't say that it's not a curse. So I really like the fact that like, while we know that they are magic, most of their experiences, magic isn't relevant. Like it felt a lot like, um, cause they do things like make teas to make sure you have a safe travel. And like, I feel like a lot of magic is just like crossing your fingers yeah do you know what I mean well, like so many That's other cultures like. like also do that like they have a tea or a supplement or a food or whatever that's like you do this thing and it'll bring you this whatever you put this in a vial and you're good to go yeah. like whatever other than, like the drowning thing you know being really buoyant I mean that's obviously very suspicious I don't, I don't yeah. really know that anyone else can do that but but for the most part a lot of the things that they're experiencing are just things that you experience as an adolescent becoming a young adult and figuring out who you are and what you want because one of them has uh like a childhood sweetheart essentially that like she's afraid to love because she doesn't want him to die like there's another one who meets somebody and she instantly feels like this is her person and even though their families have been feuding for i don't know hundreds of years i guess um she still wants to be with him some people do die. Sometimes that does happen. There is a lot of tragedy in this book and it's really sad, but you do get to see like they have omens. Like there's a death watch beetle that'll show up if someone's going to die. Bees don't come out at night, right? Bees don't swarm at night, but if bees are swarming your house at night, someone's going to die. So like there are these signs that they look for, but I also think that people just in generally do that. Like they look for anything to give them reason for why something has happened. And so I didn't feel like it was anything magic related. Like, <laughs> like that just sounds like signs you look for in the universe to me, but you know, yeah. maybe you have a little um, bit of touch of the magic. Maybe somebody listening to this is thinking that we're it. both, we both lost our minds because they would never, you know, that must be it. That must be it. Um, so a lot of the book is just them growing and meeting new people and having new experiences and trying to figure out who they are. Uh, Vincent, because he is so powerful and he's tired of hearing other people's thoughts and things, he kind of falls into depression and alcoholism. He doesn't know who he is and he's been cautioned by Aunt Isabel to be true to himself. And so that's something that he's really struggling with. Um, the his sight basically he can look in a mirror and like he sees somebody else and he's trying to figure out what it is he's looking at but he's looking at his future but you don't know it until later mm -hmm. like the, so there's a lot of things that happen that are like foreshadowing in this book I feel like that like you don't really see come to fruition until later I really am trying to avoid telling you anything major that happens in this book but it's so trying hard. yeah doing a very good job <laughs> I think so far you're doing you're killing it yeah um, agreed so uh this book kind of follows them through like when it, so, cause it's like the fifties or the sixties, so like the Vietnam war happens. And so, you know, like how, how do we deal with being drafted? Like, how do we deal with, um, our family going through financial ruin? How, like, how do I Franny as the oldest, if you now have to take care of your siblings or be responsible in any way, shape or form, like, how do you decide what part of your life to give up? Like, do you, do you go to school? Do you commit yourself to being a caretaker? Like how, how do you navigate? Like basically these big things. Um, and it does talk about how that 
most people have that moment in life where something bad happens or something big happens to change the trajectory of your life. It's just, you never know when it's going to be for some people. It's really late in life. And for some people it's really early in life, but you just can't predict it magic or no magic. You can't predict it. Um, they do spend a good portion of the book trying to break the curse. I feel like it's an ongoing effort though, especially as they discover people that they love and people that they want to be around. And like, do I love them anyways, despite the fact that I'm going to lose them? Um, Jet loses somebody who's really important to her and she begs Aunt Isabel to take away the memory of it. And Isabel convinces her it's worse to have lost the memory of that experience because it removes who you are basically mm -hmm. now yeah. versus feeling hurt and feeling lost. Like she's like, everyone feels like that. Like you can't change it. And I think that's something that they bring into practical magic too, where they talk about, you can't bring somebody back, you know, mm -hmm. like there are lines that you cannot cross. Yeah. Cause yeah, it so, changes everything. It does. It really does. So, uh, without giving away too much, I really loved all of these siblings journeys through what 15, 20 years and seeing how they grew and then how the magic played into their lives, but also how it just is part of life. So um, I thought that was amazing. Cousin April comes in and out because she's a wild child. And I think mm -hmm. that's super fun. <laughs> uh, their relationship with her is really interesting. So I literally can't tell you much because it's all leads to another thing. Cause there's not like a big thing that happens, you know, like it's not like a, there's no twist or anything. It's just their journey. Um, I don't think I'm leaving anything out specifically, but yeah, that's basically what this book is about. You'll see when you get to the end, um, it basically leaves off where practical magic starts, which makes sense. Cause it is a book. Although I do think that the way the movie starts is different than how this book sets it up to start. Cause in the movie, they talk about Sally and her sister Jillian's mom dying of a broken heart, but that's not how her mom dies in rules of magic. Ooh, it's been a while. So yeah. So there are some differences. I could see how they just made that leap basically though, because I think it helps explain in the movie, practical magic, like yeah. how that curse plays in. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah, that's it sets why the curse up really early. I think in the movie. Yeah. Which so is I think that's exactly really why. important in the movie. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, yeah, that's basically it. It was a really good book. Five out of five. I, um, I <laughs> it was, oh my God, it was so good. I'm going to read practical magic too. Cause I want to see like what the differences are Have you not at read this it? point. Practical magic. Ooh, mm -mm. you retelling this makes me want to one reread practical magic. Cause I love that book. I need to reread rules yeah. of magic and they made a pre prequel. She did, which is magic lessons, which I believe is Maria's story. I'll write that down. I own it. It's been sitting on my shelf for honestly i think i bought it when it came out and i was like, i'm gonna read it right away and then it's just been sitting on my shelf and i have it but i'll i'll redo i'll do them all. i'll start at practical magic and work backwards like yeah so. yeah i almost watched practical magic at work today just because after reading this book because i finished it last night i was like oh i want to watch the movie mm -hmm. but <laughs> so good yeah it was so good and i thought it set up it set up practical magic really well at least as much as it could considering they had to make it into a movie with no context mm -hmm. but yeah. um yeah i really enjoyed it i felt like the writing style was really easy to follow you know sometimes when they have too many characters you jump around and you're like who am i listening to mm -hmm. no it was all very clear it was like heartfelt but like sincere big fan yeah absolutely Ugh. no complaints I love, I love everything that she writes so my yeah. book i had one that's been sitting on my shelf for honestly probably five years at this point i was like i'm gonna finally oh, no. read it and then i read the back when i started and i was like i have no interest in reading this right now like i was in the mood it's a western so no. i'm like the 40s or something too like you lost me old, at western 
beautiful. So it's a Western, but like a woman Western. So it sounds good, but okay. I didn't realize how back ago it was set. So I decided not to. So then I was between two and I started one on Audible and that's when I went with it. And so here we are. So I did Seven Days in June by Tia Williams. And I just recently, earlier today, I reread the back of the book. Okay, well, I re- reread the synopsis on Amazon because it was a Kindle book and I listened to it at the same time, but whatever. Um, to try to figure out like, what do they tell you starting and what can I say? Mm-hmm. So there's not like a whole heck of a lot I can actually say that's not giving out too much, but I'm going to try. So our it. main <laughs> character, Eva Mercury. Eva, Eva yeah, Mercury. Uh, Mercy? Oh gosh, maybe it's Eva Mercy. Either way, Eva, she's our main character. She is like, she's a full-fledged adult. Fun, love that. Not a y'all book. Uh, She's also a best-selling erotic author. So she has this erotica series that's 14 books in. It's called Cursed. And it's about a witch and a vampire. And like every time they have sex, they like afterwards, they like end up on opposite ends of the earth. And like, they have to like, work their way back together it's yeah but it is has like a cult following like people are obsessed with this book if they're in it like i mean some people obviously like have no idea that's how cult followings work so she's been doing it she wrote the first book when she was 19 her she has a daughter who is 12 audrey and they live in brooklyn i believe and so like Audrey goes to a private school and they live in a neighborhood that's mostly like white folk that are like two parent households, but uh, Eva's not. families. Yeah. Eva is not just a single mom. She had Audrey really young. Um, she had like a troubled childhood. Like her mom was also a single mom. Basically there's almost like curse, if you will, where mm-hmm. they, no man can stay. No man stays no man will love them literally this is like what her mother tells her is that there is a curse and if you love a man he will leave which is kind of really funny because that's literally what yours was almost yeah i was like that's like spot on essentially he won't leave he will have a demise but yeah these men will leave and so like growing up her mother lizette was like they moved all around like when she was younger her mom had like fancy boyfriends who like had a lot of money and they did these things and Ah. as lizette got older the men got grosser and grosser and like creepier and creepier. And so the book basically jumps, not often, but it does jump from the now. And every now and then we get these like snippets of back when she was 17. And back when she was 17, she met a boy in high school and they had seven days in June and they were like basically madly in love, but like not in like a weird high school way where it's like, there's like this true connection but like mainly because they're both so dysfunctional because so Eva's self-harming. She like her mom's boyfriends are like trying to assault her basically most of the time. Uh, she, she explains it that she lives in the day and Lizette has the nights because the two of them can't be out at the same time kind of a thing. Like, so her mom works all night, comes home, right? She's getting ready to get up and go to school. Mm-hmm. So like she's struggling and she's been bounced around state to state to state to state all these different schools all these different things um she did get into princeton though so yep killing it love that Um, love that for her and so but she messes boy shane 
and he has been bounced around from foster home to foster home to foster home since he was mm-hmm. like seven and he's in a cast at this point and she's like oh what did you do and he's like i broke it and then somehow he's like oh i like always break it like that's like how he like feels like he is like so like clouded in his life in his mental health that he has to literally break his bones to feel anything um he drinks Mm. fairly heavily at 17 so like already like things are struggling here so anyways that's kind of the backstory so now eva has this fantastic story her book 15 of the curse series is due in like a week it's due in like five days or something like that and she has no pressure zero words written Oh no, that's worse than I thought it was going to yeah. be. I thought you were going to say she was only halfway or something. No, she has nothing. Oh God. Because she has a dream book that she wants to write that is like, we don't know what it is. You do learn what it is. Not but I'm, like, I'm not going to tell you what it is right now, but it's not this. Like she's kind of tired because she's like, well, I wrote because these characters are, it's a witch and a mm-hmm. vampire. Right. And so she wrote them when she's 19. So they're like in their young adult life. And she's like, yeah, I grew up with them, but like, I'm tired of them. I'm not them anymore. I don't want to write about them anymore. But her fandom is like, making oh up gosh. stories for them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just like how she makes a living. And the first book was sold. The movie rights were sold. So that's great. But she's on like her last director. She's trying to find a director. Mm-hmm. And like, she's going to interview the last one that's like on her list, like of people who were like said they want to direct it. Got like, it. So she's at this point, she's like, oh, I got to kind of take whoever it is. Yeah. Um, her best friend is Cece and Cece is so Cece like discovered her I don't know why I put that in quotes because she did Cece is her agent or whatever her book person editor agent whatever um so yeah she discovered her when she was 19 she's been with her the whole time but she's like a magician basically like oh do you need a tailor for this do you need a date for that do you need whatever like Cece has it she'll do it for you um so cc talks her into oh yeah a side note also eva has a it's like a baritone baritone she has she gets miserable migraines she has like super messed up like brain things um if it gets too cold too hot too fast if it's too humid she gets like debilitating headaches um alcohol smells everything like that she finally as like an adult 10-ish years ago found a doctor who would actually prescribe her pain meds that worked like literally no doctor has ever figured out what it is she has injectable pain meds she does the marijuana all those things um and so she's like kind of finally like she's pushing through mainly for her daughter she's doing the best she can but cc convinces her to join and be a host moderator whatever at this speaking event um but she doesn't really want to do it at first because it's like a oh gosh how do i explain this basically it's like a black wokeness and i know that doesn't sound great for me as a white woman to say but it is a panel of folks of color speaking on racial issues and she doesn't feel like she's qualified she's like i'm yeah i'm an author yeah i'm black like i write erotica like who is going to listen to me why does anybody care what i have to say and like she knows the other people who are going to be on the panel she's like why would anyone care who i am like nobody knows her name as an author except the people who are in her fandom but cc has a last minute spot and she because the person who was supposed to do it got like sick or something like that um and she's like please oh my gosh you'll save me so she agrees and she's like fine okay i'll do it whatever um at the same time there's this other author shane who wrote this series well i guess it's a series but the first one is called eight like the number eight i honestly don't remember the other books in the series uh but people are obsessed 
they're amazing. They're the greatest works of all time. But he's so aloof, so mysterious. He comes to award ceremonies. He says three words and he leaves. He fell asleep mm. during an award ceremony because it was so boring. And you're like, okay, weird, whatever. So he ends up showing up at this event. And Eva Ooh. is like panicked because turns out they maybe knew each other. Okay, they did. I can't say like not, but they knew each other in their That's youth and their childhood. There's history there that nobody knows. Like they know it, but literally no one else knows this. Like nobody knows anything. And so the entire, the whole book, other than when you're jumping back to the past of their seven days is basically covering another seven days in June of them oh. like, being like because he's like oh my gosh I didn't know you were gonna be here and she's like you have to leave like I want you out of my life like whatever and he's like I came to say I'm sorry oh. and so then you're like what is he apologizing for what I have many questions what happened between the two of them these 15 years ago on the seven days in June and like it the author like dribbles it in and you're like okay they clearly mm. something happened there was this friendship there was this relationship there's these feelings but like okay what, what happened how did it end why does she hate him and why has she hated him for 15 years and like what is this book that's her like super book that she wants to write like what is it actually um i honestly this is kind of where i have to leave like and i know that i spoke Ooh. so little about the book but giving anything else away would take the the like enjoyment out of reading the book I think like if I were to tell you anything else that actually happens or how these characters how they grow how they fall anything that happens to them mm -hmm. I honestly think would steal something from somebody who reads this book it was mm -hmm. so good because both of the characters are also writers when they're like speaking to people they're using like their writer words and so like it's so like it pulls you in it's so descriptive all the characters are so thought out they're so well written like you want you're rooting for all of them even like yeah like eva's mom lizette who you're like yeah she's kind of a crap mom but you know she did what she had to she had a roof over her daughter's head she was schooled she was fed you don't love her all that matters but like well, you're still okay. uh -oh. kind of rooting <laughs> for her like you're kind of like well i mean it would be cool that your relationship was able to grow and be better yeah. like, because this author just like builds so much into all of the characters her daughter audrey is 12 but she like knows for a fact she wants to be a therapist to celebrities and she has like she was hosting snapchat therapy sessions where she would like be on snapchat with a whoever hired her in quotes and like paid oh. her as a therapist to like that's illegal but her. okay <laughs> i mean it's 12 year olds hiring 12 year olds so is it really i don't know but i'm pretty sure it's illegal to pretend to be a therapist but i guess if you're 12 and they're 12 there's yeah, really assumption it's like lucy exactly. and freaking yeah yeah you're not, actually Brown. Like, you're not pretending yeah you're not like convincing a full-fledged adult or anybody yeah, that, that you're you a are. therapist yeah, yeah they know but she like because audrey is very insightful and like oh yeah so she like no she'll be like oh you're doing whatever whatever like she'll say this to adults and they're like well i didn't ask for your opinion little girl but you're not wrong <laughs> like kind of like that so like <laughs> she is awesome and like eva is divorced from audrey's dad but like they still have like a great relationship like he lives in california with like his hippie new wife but like everything about this book is just it's amazing five out of five wow. i know i didn't actually say like that much about it but like just go read it because it was so so good and i can't actually give anything away but oh my gosh it was amazing 
Like, he, like, gave me just enough, though, to, like, intrigue me. So mm-hmm. I think he did a great yeah. job. Also, I did listen to it on Audible. The They uh, read, like, half the speed that they speak, half the speed that I read it at. Still a great narrator. Great voices. You know what's going on, everything. So, like, listen to it. Recommend. It was, like, 10 hours. So it's, like, the perfect length. Maybe nine. Perfect length. Five to five on the Audible and the reading. Listen to it. Love Seven it. days in June. Ugh, so good. Mm. Wow. But, what good picks for this week. I know. Thanks, and Reese also, Witherspoon. So, I mean, she knows what she's doing, really, at this she point. She kind of like, does. Yeah, she ain't no dumb dumb. She even has, like, y'all ones, y'all picks now. I, I mean, she has teenagers, pick. so. Yeah, that would make sense. I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. How are we all so old? Ugh. I don't I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, social media, Instagram, isn't past your bedtime. Twitter, IIPYB, and school pod. Tiki talk, isn't past your bedtime. Also, we're there. We're everywhere. Well, we're everywhere. Most places. Well, you can also check out our website, isn't it pastorbedtime.com to see what's in the archive and what's coming up next. Yeah, we have all kinds of fun things planned, excited. So hang out, listen, reach out if you have thoughts and opinions. We'll talk to everyone later. Bye, everyone. Bye.